Welcome back to Minute Impossible. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to investigate with us on this Friday, the movie Mission Impossible, one minute at a time. I'm Jonathan. I'm Chris. This is Brad. Oh, Chris, that was a very sultry way of saying Chris this time. Thank you. I'm Chris. I'm Chris. Swear to me. (laughs) Man down, Ethan. Man down. Man down. Get off my lawn. Oh, a little uh, pink Cadillac. No, 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 the other one. <laughs> oh, Gran Torino. But that's funny. Pink Cadillac is is it the sequel to Gran Torino? It is. <laughs> it's the prequel. The prequel. That's Torino. right. It's the prequel. Well, th- this is minute fifty, guys. We've made it to minute fifty. That's Woo-hoo! nuts. As congratulations, almost, guys. Almost at the halfway mark. Great. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll actually put these out so people can hear them. Yes. Right now they just go in my vault. Like Prince. I was what I was gonna say, Aww, Prince. Too soon. <laughs> it's not too soon. It's over a year. No, we're recording this right after he died. Oh yes, no one knows. Two years ago, yes. <laughs> yeah. What, what were you gonna say, Brad? I was thinking the exact same thing about Prince and his vault. Did, did yeah. you catch that from the Kevin Smith special? Oh no, I just I just knew that about Prince. <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen that Kevin Smith special. We just know stuff about Prince, Brad. Okay. This minute starts with Max peeved at an unsuccessful boot scan and ends with Ethan summing up Act 2 and Act 3 of this movie with I Deliver the Noculus, Max Delivers Me Job. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. So finally, we know some of the details of Max's deal with Job. Max was going to pay Job $6 million for the Eastern European Noculus. We didn't know that before. They kept talking about 125000 here and 150000 there, and I was like... Is that all the money we're going for in this movie? Kind of piddly crap. Do better. Hmm. Like this is not worth killing five people for. That's like 1960s money, man. Not 1990s money. Yeah, see, we're gonna have 125 thousand dollars, and I'm gonna live forever. It, yeah, it'd be great if she like followed it and a Dunkin' Donuts gift card. Ooh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna do that just for the Dunkin' Donuts gift card, man. How much is on it? <laughs> I'll kill anybody for for Dunkin' Donuts. It wouldn't be like an even amount. It'd be like a gift card that she still had like $5.23 left on. <laughs> so you got to figure out where you're going to buy. You're like, I don't know. I could buy a crawler and maybe one glaze. Or, yeah, that's nice. Or maybe like uh, 24 donut holes. Are those still called donut holes? They're like, oh, I was thinking of runts. No, those are those are those dumb candies. Yeah, Sorry. no, They're called donut holes here in Texas, at least. Yeah, they're called donut holes. Donut holes. We shoot them out with our... With our automatic weapons. You you actually, Chris, you just brought up something. Uh, and This is one of the things I love about podcasting in general, but Minute by Minute is really fun. Uh, where, where are you guys located? I'm in Texas, obviously. W- what part of Texas? I'm in Houston. We're not close enough friends, Brad, for me to tell you where I live. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Chicago. Uh, yeah, I'm in uh, Shrewsbury, Pennsylvania, about two hours uh, west of Philadelphia. So that's what makes this podcasting is fun, where... People all, literally all over the world. Um, as I mentioned in a previous episode, Cosmic Victor Geppetto, uh, one of our frequent contributors, is lives in Prague, and uh, oh. it, it ends up being really cool. We've talked with a great entertainment writer, Tom Bacon, a couple times, and he's in England, and uh, you know, it, and we have a couple. Tom of, Bacon, yeah, his, like my Kevin Bacon. <laughs> well, so so this is a this is an interesting minute. We sort of. Trade uh, Vanessa Redgrave for um, a different actress, and it's not a trade up. No, it is not. Nope. And I'm sure you guys have talked about it, but the young woman who's Emmanuel Beert, 
Bert, Bert, Bert. Beret. Bert, oh, oh, wow. Beret. Beret, all right. Uh, as Claire, I, I don't know if it's her fault. I, I don't know that actress particularly well. At this point, we've decided it's 50-50. Yeah. Script is 50% of the problem. She's not written well. The other 50% is this mousy countenance that she's taken yeah, on. I, I, th- she- I think she should have played it in French. You know, she should have played the whole part in French. And, and had Ethan... And he had have somebody dub it later? No, no, no. Just have her play it in French and have Ethan speak to her in French, too. Oh, like she's Chewbacca? Like she's yeah. always speaking in French? <laughs> yeah. And he understands her and he just translates? Yeah, exactly. I like that. Then it would have been more interesting. It would have been a truly international team. Yeah, you're right. She's supposed to be this super spy and she doesn't come across as particularly badass or competent. She seems sort of meek and... Very meek. Yeah. And then she fits into the mold of what Tom Cruise leading ladies were, where they were very pretty, they were very frail, and they were very tiny, because Tom Cruise is not a big guy. So, you know, uh, unless it was um, uh, Nicole Kidman, most of the actresses were tiny to make him look more impressive. And uh, And this is when they were still trying to hide from the world. How short he was. Yeah. That he was a small man. What's interesting, though, about the shot when we cut to them is that she's got a gun in her hand, and it looks like there was something happening before this that we didn't see that was cut out, and we just cut straight into the middle of it. So it's interesting. I, I guess she she heard the knock or something and had a gun in her hand for some reason because she didn't yeah, trust I it bet, was him. I bet she had the gun trained on the door when he walked in and said something cocky to her. Yeah. And then they cut that 20 seconds out of this scene, and that's just him walking over the table. Because he kind of just flings stuff down on the table. Yeah. He's flinging, flinging the cold, hard cash. This is part of, this actually comes from the book. So it's not talked about here. He gets the 150000 that he was asking for. Ah. Remember when he asked earlier for 150000 because Job got $125,000? hmm Obviously, he has money, but in no way do they explain it in this scene. <laughs> he got it. He asked Max for it, and in the book, they actually go to the bank. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we needed to see that. <laughs> so they drive to the bank. They, that's where the scene ends with her literally driving, <laughs> telling Mathis to take him to the bank. <laughs> and now, I, now it makes a lot more sense because he doesn't have a ton. They don't have a ton of cash for this job. No, they don't. And now, and now we know Max is funding the job. So literally, he's become he's become exactly what Kitchens called him. Yeah, yeah. He is he is a, he is a mole now working for the opposite end. Yep. It's just his intention at the end is to give the knock list back to the CIA or destroy it. Yeah. But he all he wants is Job. So yeah. So this, I, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, oh, it's our last shots of the safe house. You're well, wrong. This is the last shot of the, of, of, the, of the safe house. Here we are. We're finally there. Torture of this safe house is over. Uh, we've had so many good times here all the way from, all the way back from George Hendricks. God, I don't know how long that was ago. Month? month ago it is tough coming from where they were at in that beautiful room they were in and then to go to this and it's just really dank and messy and nothing well, check special. out those sweet those sweet modems behind him you oh, see those yeah. things on that table that's stunning we, uh, <laughs> we, 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 we eyeballed those uh last week yep those things are awesome and the more you plug in, the faster your internet goes. That's how the internet works. This scene was added back in, guaranteed, so they, again, had more chemistry between Claire and Ethan. Oh, yeah, because it's there. You can see it. It's just popping off the screen. I, mm-hmm. 
It's a shame because she's Tom, like a firecracker. T- Tom Cruise was able to make was an actor who could pull together some good chemistry, even in some of his less than fantastic movies. Cocktail, which was is a movie that has not aged well. I like Cocktail, but it has not aged well. No, it has not. I watched it a couple weeks back. Cocktail was the first movie I ever lied to see, <laughs> lied about my age to see in the movie theater. Oh. Was that, that R rated? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. It's R. Wow. There's nudity and adult situations. And drug use. Okay. I did not realize. But, you know, he, he had good chemistry with Elizabeth Shue. And, and Gina Gershon, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had good chemistry with Nicole Kidman in uh, Days of Thunder. and Mm-hmm. Another good movie. Yeah, Risky Business. And he, he can make that work. But for some reason, well, this Claire really doesn't connect well with anything it just seems like the poor actress had no idea what to do in this movie and it's just a lot of like looking pretty small and disengaged i think it also has to do a lot with the fact that she is not a native english speaker this was his her first major american movie role i think she's out of her element yeah i agree i mean completely if you put if you put me in a room with a bunch of people speaking english or speaking french fluently and my job is to now speak French, and I, I'm not great at it. I'm going to be mousy. I'm going to be quiet. The fact that she keeps portraying it in the character makes me think she's not comfortable with who this character should be. She may not understand, and that's the director's fault, she may not understand who the who Claire is supposed to be. Like, what kind of... Because it seems like Sarah Davies... And Hannah seemed to understand that they are spies, and they are female spies. That doesn't matter. They're just spies. She's not pr- portraying the cool part of this. No. She's just really like like that lamp. I mean, seriously, she's like the la- the biggest lamp in this movie. Uh, and it's a shame. Um, I don't know if this can be a cool role. It's a tough role because... All the female roles in this are tough because they weren't written great. Yeah. So you're trying to kind of grab out the things you can grab out of it. I mean, we're we're a long way from uh from the last female lead in a Mission Impossible movie who was just insanely awesome. Yeah, who came across sort of more competent and more of a badass than Ethan. Yeah, definitely. She's like she she was like the female. Well, she was like the Max of that movie. Yeah, definitely. She she's the female who's on top of it on everything. She's the super spy and knows everything and is toe to toe with Ethan the whole entire movie. And she yeah. had a great name, Ilsa Faust. I mean, come on. Yeah, that is a good name. Better than Claire Phelps. <laughs> and then, of course, it doesn't help that, okay, so she's John Voight's wife. I was like, oh, okay. They, that was pushing it again. I mean, we've talked about before constantly the the previous Mission Impossible crew from the TV show would not be in this movie. I'm sure what we learn later about Phelps and the fact that Phelps was married to a younger woman, where in the show he's never married to anybody, they were they were adding too many attachments to this movie. There was no. It, it, this is again, it's not Emmanuel Beret. I feel bad for her. She didn't have to be in this movie. Right. She could have not shown up, and she could have been one of the agents that was disavowed that he brings in in the second half, and I'd have been just fine with. Yep. Right. I think I'd be on more on board. I'd be like, oh, who's this quiet? Is she like a ninja? Why is she so quiet? Yeah, I, th- I think he has more chemistry with Ving Rhames than he does with any of the women in this movie. Well, Ving Rhames is electric. We yes, all he agree is. on that. Yes. He's been the best part of a lot of bad movies. Yeah. I remember the, the, stri- the movie Striptease. I now Strip pronounce Tease. you Chuck and Larry. He's great in that movie. 
just the movie Striptease, which was a bad movie, and every time Ving Rhames was on screen, is like, oh, this is a great movie, and then he would leave. He's like, oh, nope, back to sucking. <laughs> yeah, he's he's another guy. I mean, that's why I think he's been in all these other Mission Impossible movies. We haven't gotten to him yet, but we can pre-talk about him. We'll get to him next week. He and Tom Cruise have that thing. Anytime he's on screen, you're like, I must listen to what Ving Rhames has to tell me. Yes, I actually want to go eat Arby's because of it, you know? I mean, he <laughs> takes a he takes a role in, in, in Pulp Fiction that could have easily been done comedically, and he plays it straight the whole time. And it's a great part, and it and it elevates because he doesn't say that much, and it elevates the movie. And in this, he plays against type. He's this giant hulking man, and he's a hacker, and he's super smart, and he can hack anything. I mean, Ving Rhames' hands I don't think would fit on this MacBook. No, no, the man is huge. He he really should be typing just, with two pencils because his his fingers will hit too many keys at the same time. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see that happen. Maybe he goes into VR. Maybe he does it like Lawnmower Man. That's how he uh, <laughs> he Lawnmower Man's Lawnmower the Man. I love him. I can't wait to sh- see him, Brad. You'll never get to see him because you're never coming back. <laughs> I had my chance. I'm sorry, Brad. This is a terrible time to have to bring that up. This was uh, this is how we do it on the show. We let you know on Friday whether or not you get to come back. Cool. We're, we're, we're the James Bond a podcast. We use you and lose you. Real yeah. quick, you you were our you were our uh, minute girl, exactly minute boy. You are a minute boy, Brad. Thanks for being our minute boy. You served your purpose. Move along. There's somebody prettier <laughs> next week and younger. So yeah. Anyway, uh, Max Max wants now wants the entire undercover CIA operatives list everywhere. Uh, Ethan ups her from six million to ten million. You know, so, I would think that he would offer. He would want more than that for. For the whole list, as opposed to just Eastern remember Europe. again, he's not in. He's not in it for the. He's not in for the money. Yeah, so it's a little bit more. It's not exactly. It's not double. So maybe Max thinks she's getting a deal. He still needs her to get him to to Job. Max should have saw that as a red flag, though. I would have been like, really, just ten? You don't want more? Well, he's precious, and who doesn't love him? He's uh, I precious. guess. Yeah, I guess. He asks for, I love this, the negotiable U.S. Treasury certificates. We've heard these, and they're in bearer form with coupons attached. For those that don't know, uh, Treasury certificates, that are, they're called bearer bonds. And what they are is literally you have to physically have them in your hand. And if you take them to a bank that can actually um, change these out, that's the only thing you need. You need no identification. You need no paperwork. These are legal tender that are untraceable and not kept with any form because the, with the receipts attached, it means the receipt has not been given to somebody. So these bearer bonds are a, a way for shifty people and people in the black market to move money around without actually moving money around. And it was what Hans Gruber was after in Die Hard. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. Because I, I remember bearer bonds I'd heard both in Die Hard and then in this movie. Yep. And I was like, what are bear bonds? What? I didn't know what they were saying, bear bonds. I couldn't tell what they were saying when I was a kid. But yeah, that's what they are. They are um, negotiable certificates. They're usually backed by a country or by a business, but they're not based on stock. I had to go look that part up. Here's, here's a good question. Uh, here's, a, here's a fun game, Brad. You and uh, Chris can play. And you can tell me if you can tell me what movie it's from. Here's some other fun movie money out in the universe. 
We know bear bonds were in this movie. We know they were also the main money look being try- being stolen by Hans Gruber in Die Hard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to name the money, and you tell me what movie it's from, okay? Okay. Cougarans. Uh, that was Lethal Weapon 2. Lethal Weapon 2. Nice. This is a hard one. I only have two of these. Frozen Concentrated Orange Juice. Trading Places. Trading oh, Places. Jeez, Chris. <laughs> I am impressed. Nice. You did it, guys. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of like the like the Rain Man of movies. That's what's weird. I was just trying to come up with what other like weird funds are used <laughs> in movies, and those are those two like just leapt in my head. I'm like, I remember when I was a kid. I still don't understand how the stock market works. I, I don't think anybody understands it in that movie. I don't think a stock market person could tell you. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. All I know is that at one point they're selling, and then the next thing I know they're buying, buying. Yeah. and then they're rich. So <laughs> If only the worked. stock market worked that way. I think that's how it works. Isn't that how Bitcoin works? Yeah. I don't know how it works. Well, wasn't there another movie? It was another Eddie Murphy movie where the two old guys from Trading Spaces Coming to America. Again. Yeah, Coming to America. Yeah, they were the same characters. Mortimer, we're back. Exactly. jeez. Oh, but uh, yeah, just a little bit more on, the, on what a bear bond does. The highest denomination is $10,000. And since 1982, you can't draw interest on them. Okay. So $6 million, if you wanted $6 million, that's 600 of the certificates. So that's about a little bit thicker than a ream of paper. So if he was to be handed this in a pile, it would be a little bit thicker than a ream of paper. Huh. I always, I always like to physically try and express how big things are. Right. Because, right. you know, they have movies where they have cases of money. And you're like, there's no way you could put that much money in there unless they were, you know, $1,000 bills and nobody will exchange a $1,000 bill. So what's the point? I love when they tweak that in uh, Dodgeball. Benson's <laughs> yeah. like, do you ever think about what $100,000 looks like? And then he opens a briefcase and it's like just a small pile in the middle of the briefcase. Yeah, it's a th- it's it's $100,000 bills <laughs> in a stack. <laughs> so yeah i love that movie dodgeball what a great movie this money should never have been created it is the creepy it's bitcoin of the 90s <laughs> in the 80s i'm sorry it's an untraceable money that in no way uh has a paper trail but you can redeem it anywhere all you have to do is have it that is so murderific that is you're asking somebody to murder you yeah if you work <laughs> at the bank where they're like bringing in that money it's like well terrorists are about ready to bash through the windows after this guy because well remember nakatomi plaza that that safe was holding bear bonds god bless diehard god bless diehard to just pull the curtain we're recording this a little close to christmas so you know there everyone's uh every guy who's 30 to 50 they're excited to watch diehard because it's all our favorite christmas movie it is what not lethal weapon And it's been out for over a couple of months, but you can always listen to the Die Hard Minute. It's another minute-by-minute podcast. It's out there. Brad, are you doing one of those weeks? Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, we were guests. I was uh, me and my partner Jar for guests on it. Oh, okay. Who who'd you guest with? Uh, it was uh, Tierney, Tierney, and uh, Thomas uh, Howell. Oh, cool. So you did like a whole like almost like a like a like an Uber week. It, it doesn't have great characters like Claire though. Bonnie Badia in that movie couldn't have been any less like Claire. Where. She was a very real character. She had her own agency, who it was believable her being married to Bruce Willis, who wasn't being portrayed as you know the best-looking guy on the planet. No, because at that point, he was starting to uh, go bald enough to where he couldn't fake it anymore. It was no longer the moonlighting, oh, if we just feather his hair up, it'll, he's fine. <laughs> 
I'm glad Tom Cruise still has all of his hair. Oh, that's going to yeah. be weird if he ever transitions into being bald. That's that's something I don't really want to think about. That is upsetting for me. I think that's upsetting for me. Well, he has had, he's had the comb overs for the um, the Ben Stiller movie, Tropic Thunder. Tropic, oh, yeah. Tropic Thunder. Well, that's where, but that's where they like shave your head and then comb over like fake hair, you know, your real hair onto it. But it gives that's you an idea what it could. If, if Tom Cruise finally goes to seed, that's what's going to happen. And it is a little. It's off putting. Yeah. But that happened to, I mean, Sean Connery, I remember the first time I ever saw Sean Connery without his uh, wig, and I think that was The Untouchables. Yeah. Because he was famously brought that wig with him everywhere. I mean, uh, what was that? Um, Chinese culture, Wesley Snipes. Rising Sun. Rising Sun, he had, that was his his wig game at uh, a thousand. His wig wig was dialed up to a thousand in that movie. Yeah, it was. And Hunt for October. Yeah, yeah, those were the, t- gosh, Hunt for October, the toupee should have gotten, like, I, I don't know, uh, above the title billing, but it should have been the first name after the title, because that that was a character <laughs> in and of itself. Sean Connery and his toupee in Hunt for October, <laughs> starring a mustache <laughs> and eyebrows. I don't know who had a mustache, though, in that movie. But yeah, let's, let's wrap up this minute with... Uh, Talking about our good old friend, the the safe house. The safe house is going away. They've got a big stack of cash. Claire asks if they're going to be working with Max, and he says, yeah, I'm going to get the knock list. And that's where it ends in minute 50. He is going for the knock list, and we know it's in Langley, Virginia. Pretty much sets up what this movie is remembered for. And we talked a little bit about it. I don't even know if we talked about it during the show, but this movie was, they basically had three scenes in their heads that they want to do before they even had the script written. Well, we've had a good week and this week had a lot of different new texts in it. Let's talk about that right now. Brad, as our guest, you are allowed to talk about what you think from this week should be the tech of the week. It could be anything you picked from earlier or it could be something you see now in this room. Oh, it, in this scene, in this minute. It, it's it's the RF scanner. This the, the RF scanner with the Teletubby antenna. Yeah, it, the whole plot of this section all relied on the RF scanner. If uh, if if it hadn't given the right numbers, Tom Cruise would have been shot. The movie would have been ended. It, so uh, it moved everything forward. And really, the only other technology is uh, the woman who was the RoboCop vacuum cleaner. And the backseat of a car, so it's got to be the RF <laughs> scanner. Yeah, it's it's kind of a it's a light week. It's a light week for tech. I agree, Chris. What about you? I'm going to go with that RF scanner. I mean, it's just it's it's it was awesome, and especially with the Teletubby. I kind of want one. Do you guys want one? Yeah. I kind of want to play with an RF scanner now, right? Yeah. Because Die Hard Two taught me that if you hit it accidentally, you can randomly maybe join the the bad guys' communications. Yeah, I would love I would love to have one of those. I'm gonna have to go find out how much they are. Let's look it up right now. How much is an RF scanner? Well, they don't make them at Radio Shack anymore, so I can get one in two days. Oh, there's whoa, they're so expensive. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, good. Oh, there's one. Oh, here I found one for seventy nine bucks. <laughs> Does it look like the one in the movie? Yeah, kind of. I can also get. They don't. None of them have that antenna. No one has that weird triangular antenna. But there is an anti-spy wireless signal bug RF detector. That's just the detector. It's just looking for that high bandwidth. See, that's why I didn't understand the difference between the RF scanner and an RF detector. A scanner, to me, would just tell you there is a signal. 
not how high that signal is. But hey, numbers were going up. I'm with you, production designer. <laughs> All right, then that means the tech of the week this week is ta-da, the RF scanner. I'll we'll put a picture up of the uh, of the winner this week on our Facebook group. Brad, uh, as we wrap up this week, I know you're working on a lot of different podcasts. One of them I'm uh, Chris and I are going to be on, and the other two one we can never be on because it's done. The other one, I don't know if I'm interesting enough to be on the Cosmic Geppetto, oh, but Oh, no, no, we're going to have you on Cosmic Geppetto. <laughs> don't you worry no you're gonna have to come up with some weird ass thing for me to talk about because well one thing i don't want to talk about like my fil- my feelings or anything okay no well, we, one I'm, thing, I'm shut off i'm closed off emotionally one thing that we do on cosmic Geppetto podcast that we've oh man we haven't done it long enough we've been doing a best of the 90s contest and it's 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 via bracket and we pick our we picked our favorite movies cartoons, uh, TV shows, and music from the 90s, and we've had uh, people come on and battle it out uh, to see who wins, and uh, uh, you guys would be fantastic for that, and uh, so uh, we've had like battles between Minutemen and Army of Darkness, we had battles between TV shows, uh, uh, Northern Exposure and ER, and stuff like that, so uh, yeah, we would love to have you guys on, and we could tussle it out and you know we i wasn't actually angling to get on this web uh, podcast i've got <laughs> enough work going on brad i don't want to be in your damn podcast right now okay yeah you do get out yeah, the, uh, yeah I, do. I agree i do yeah I you do. do that was a lie brad that came from anger and i apologize <laughs> i would love to be on your podcast uh, we, we always have a great time we have great uh people on it and uh so. i'll take care of that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i can ruin a podcast like that i do it every monday night but this has been a this has been a lot of fun, guys. I appreciate you yeah, inviting me on, and uh, I, I can't wait to hear it. Well, we can't wait to hear Flash Gordon Minute, which yeah. we'll be on. We're and excited we'll be about also, that. And if you've never listened to it, uh, a minute of darkness. Yeah, minute of darkness. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, minute of darkness is a great minute by minute podcast about the movie Army of Darkness. Gotta love it, Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell. Yep. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was a great time. It's still out there. Shop smart. Shop (laughs) S-mart. Brad, thanks so much for being with us this week. You can talk to us uh, and Brad. You can tell us how Brad did and uh, explain to us all the things Brad did not do well on our our Facebook page. Uh, Brad, I'm kidding. You you did just fine. Mom's going to be posting (laughs) on your face. like, I don't know why you. Uh, on the Impossible Minute Force on Facebook, you can talk. Uh, you can always rate and review us on iTunes. I, unfortunately, iTunes has a glitch, and you can only give five stars. If you give us five stars, starting at our 50th episode, if you give us five stars, I will read it on the air. Yeah. It can't be dirty. That's that's it. As long as it's not dirty, I will read it on the air. And thank you for it. So rate us over on iTunes. We'll talk to you guys next week when we'll have another guest. Until then, I've been Jonathan. I've been Chris. I've been Brad. This This minute minute will will self-destruct.